So I want to talk to you this morning about continue. Um, the last time I spoke uh, here, I spoke about the fact that God dwells within you and that God actually speaks to us. And I want to kind of continue on that theme, go over a little bit over some of the maybe stuff that I've spoken, but also just maybe dig a little deeper into that. So I want to take up the story in uh, the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John, uh, written by John, is pretty much most of the Gospel of John is different from all the other Gospels because it really most of it is all about the last seven days that Jesus was with his disciples. And he was preparing them for the time when he would be crucified, their world was going to be shaken and shattered, and then also he would be resurrected. And he was trying to explain to a bunch of people a whole lot of stuff about the kingdom of God over seven days. And some of it they got, and some of it they did not get. In fact, they did not get it till after the resurrection. They began to understand the immensity of what Jesus had spoken to them and what had happened as a result of his uh, death and resurrection. So um, Jesus is now talking to his disciples. So I want to take it up in John chapter 14, uh, 16 through to 18. Um, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. Verse 18. And I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So remember, this is about Jesus talking to the disciples. He's trying to get to them. Actually, there's Taylor. Do you know Taylor? Just wasn't going to, Taylor tried to run me over yesterday, or was it Friday? When did she try to run me over? You know, here's this, sorry, I digress, but I've got to tell you, watch out for her. I was walking across the road, nice and calmly, no, and this maniac behind the wheel literally almost killed me. No, no, I actually did. I was really in a hurry and I ran across the road and there's a doot, doot, doot. And I was, you know, <laughs> praising Jesus at the beeps. And then I turned and I saw Taylor, uh, you know, and her mother. And was it Richard with you as well? Because you were driving so fast I could hardly see. But anyway, watch out for Taylor if you're crossing the main road. Because she's dangerous. Anyway, let's get back to the scripture. Um, so Jesus is trying to tell these people about something incredibly amazing that was about to happen. You know what it says here? It says um, in verse 17. Oh, let's read the whole thing again. Uh, I will ask the Father and he will give you another, the helper. So they're going to get a helper and that he may be with you forever. He's going to be with them forever. And that is the spirit of truth. So this helper who will be with them forever is the spirit of truth. So there's no deception. They're going to have this truth that's going to be uh, dwelling with them, uh, whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you. So up until that point, the early church, the disciples had had the presence of God. The disciples had been sent out two by two, had seen great miracles, healings, and even demons would flee because there was a uh, 
presence of God on their lives. And there was power on their lives. But there was something more that was Jesus was trying to communicate to them. And it was this. Um, he abides with you and will be in you. So he's trying to tell them, I'm going to go to be with the Father. But don't worry, you've got a helper. And that helper who's been with you is actually going to be in you. And see, we are what is called a Pentecostal church. Uh, that kind of differentiates us from maybe some of the other styles of Christianity is that we believe in, what, in the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came upon people and came inside of them. See, historically up to that point, throughout the Old Testament and into the beginning of the, uh, when Jesus came, the presence of God could be with someone, but history was about to change because God would no longer just dwell outside. He was about to come inside people, which was going to bring a significant change in the world. And he's trying to tell these guys about this change that's coming, but they don't get it. They don't get it. We can tell that by uh, a little bit further on in verse 22 through to 23. Um, Let's read it. It says this, Judas, not Iscariot, so it's not the guy that betrayed him because there were two Judases who were part of Jesus' 12. So Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? So he's trying to get this thing that Jesus has said, look, um, the Holy Spirit, the helper is coming, but he's not going to be on the outside. He's going to be on the inside. And they don't get the fact and Judas is trying to get his head around, wrap his mind around. What, what does this mean, Jesus? How are you going to dwell with us? How are you going to manifest with us, manifest yourself with us? How are you going to be with us? I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand. And this morning I feel that God is trying to get inside a part of our lives that we are a little bit like Judas, that we don't really get the fact that God no longer dwells outside us, but in fact, if you are a Christian, if you have given your life to Jesus Christ, that it is no longer that God dwells outside, but he actually dwells within you, which makes a massive, significant change to your life. And I feel that God is trying to bring a new revelation across the world to his church to no longer think that God is on the outside, but get a understanding, a revelation that he actually is living inside of you. Think about it. The kingdom of heaven, the Holy Spirit is not on the outside, but on the inside. Hallelujah. Can I have an amen? Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, uh, John 14, 22 through to 23, and said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not the world? Verse 23, Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. So Jesus again is trying to get Judas and the disciples to get this thing. God is going to make his home within you. God is going to make his home within you. 
not on the outside, but on the inside. That if you know Jesus, he is actually residing through the Holy Spirit and has made a home within your life. I remember a number of years ago, in fact, you hear it often when you hear of some kind of move of God where, you know, maybe I remember the Toronto blessing. I remember in Florida, there was a real move of God a number of years ago and people were leaving their homes in Australia and New Zealand to travel to Florida or to travel to Canada because they were pursuing and wanting to find God. And here's the crazy thing. He was already residing within them. He was already dwelling and had made his home within us. Sometimes as Christians, we can be saying, you know, where is God? Uh, you know, and we can be seeking God and, and perceive him as living externally from us. But in fact, he's already within you. In fact, he's actually dwelling and he's made a house or a home within you. Now, when we were in Uganda, we lived in a number of hotels, uh, places, you know, where we were visiting in order to be able to uh, do what we did in Uganda. We stayed in hotels. In fact, Pekka and I, when we were away as well, we were staying in hotels, but we were visiting and we would soon leave that place to go to another. But here's the thing about God. Here's the thing about him. He didn't come to visit you. He didn't come, look, I'm going to spend, you know, I've got a busy day. Uh, I'm going to spend an hour with you, Paula, but then, you know, I've got to carry on. Um, uh, uh, um, Joe's giving me some trouble. So I've got to whip over to Joe's house and sort her out. And so I can only give you an hour of my time. No, no, no. God did not come to dwell with us as a visitor. God came to dwell with us and live with us every moment of our life, every moment of our day. In fact, that he is with you and he is within, within you. Think about it. He's within us. That makes a significant change about life. He abides with you and will be in you. In verse 18, I will, leave, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. See, Pentecost changed everything about God's relationship with mankind. Um, I've talked to a couple of people recently, and some of them have said to me, you know, I feel a bit empty. I feel, you know, a bit kind of alone. Uh, I don't know where God is. Well, I can tell you where he is. He's actually inside of you right now. You have inside your head a number of voices because you're a bit crazy. You're a bit cuckoo. You know, you hear voices. Who hears voices? You all do, actually. And that source of those voices can be your natural person you know, your natural man, uh, man inside of you, inside your cardia, which is the Greek word for your mind or your heart. Uh, and it's talking away, chatting away. And also, there's a part of you that's called the carnal man, uh, the carnal nature, uh, which also can be chatting 
uh, inside of your head. That carnal nature is often uh, the source of um, heartache and trouble. That's the selfish side of you. You know, that's the side of you that gets offended. That's the side of you that holds grudges. That's the side of you that doesn't forgive. That's the side of you that wants to go off and do things to feed that carnal side of you. Uh, That voice is going on inside your head as well. But there's another voice if you're a Christian that's at work inside of you. And that is the voice of the Holy Spirit. He's actually talking to you. He's actually communing with you. But here's the point. Do you know it? And are you actually listening to it? And are you holding conversation with the Holy Spirit? The Bible talks to us about the things, the fruits of the flesh and the fruits of the Spirit. When you follow that carnal voice inside of you, which is strongly linked to the kingdom of darkness... Um, it will activate a whole lot of things called the fruits of the flesh. And that's all that ugly stuff that we can produce as people. But there's also a thing called the fruits of the Spirit. And you can know which voice you're listening to most in your life at this particular moment because it will be activating the fruits of whatever that voice creates. See, the voice of the Spirit creates the fruits of the Spirit within you. All the nice things in Galatians 5. He did not come as a visitor. When it talks about this thing called the helper, think about it. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, to dwell within you and has described that spirit as the helper. So within you, there is a voice which is the voice of the Holy Spirit talking to you, and part of that voice wants to activate help within your life. He wants to help you live your life in order for you to produce the fruits of the Spirit or the things of the Spirit of God. Have you ever been in your life where you felt helpless? Ever felt helpless? Ever felt like there's nobody out there to help me? What I want to tell you is you're actually believing a lie because you have a helper dwelling within you. A helper does not come to bring damage. A helper comes to bring help. We have a saying in Australia uh, and in New Zealand saying, you know, can you, come, can you come and give me a hand? I need some help. Well, in fact, my friends, the revelation of understanding that the Holy Spirit dwells within you is the fact that within you, it doesn't matter what your circumstances, it doesn't matter what your trouble is, it doesn't matter even if you're going through tremendous hardship and you don't think you're going to be able to get through that. In fact, within you is a helper, which is the Spirit of God that has been sent by God to help you through every situation you will ever face. And you are not meant to feel helpless. My friends, when you are feeling helpless, you're actually listening to the wrong voice. You're actually listening to the voice of the enemy and not the voice of God because he is there to help you. And he is there to give you the advice to help you through whatever your trouble is. Even, my friend Glennis, when you are in hospital and you are feeling unwell and sick, in fact, residing within you is a helper to help you through. In fact, if you are going through uh, relationship troubles, even in a marriage and you're feeling like there's no way out, well, my friend, have the revelation that there is a helper living within you. 
In fact, friends, if you are struggling as a parent to look after your children or there's trouble going on, there is a helper within you sent by God to help you through your challenge. I mean, that's pretty cool. Even when Darren and Zoe were in the car and the baby was coming and Darren was driving slow, I can imagine you, Zoe, going, Darren, put your foot down. And he can put, 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 put. But the helper was there. Doesn't matter if Darren drives lousy. There's a helper. Doesn't matter if you're going through relationship struggle. There is a helper. Doesn't matter if your life is full of trouble. There is a helper. Friends, get a revelation. You have a helper. And it's not just a human helper. It is a helper that is the Holy Spirit who is full of power. Not natural power, but supernatural power. Anointed power from God where the very throne of God is connected to you through the Holy Spirit. I mean, wow. You know, I woke up this morning. I had, I don't know, a couple of hours sleep. Man, my body was feeling like I can't use the word because you'll kick me out. Rubbish. And you know, I kept saying, God, I need your help, I need your help, I need your help. It doesn't matter even if you're jet lagged. That residing within us is the presence and spirit of God. Here's the sad thing. That people that don't know God don't have the helper. You know, um, it's funny when we're on the cruise... How are we going for time? Man, I've got bucket loads. And the most interesting thing, we did a cruise around the Mediterranean. It's a tough life, man. Missionary work is a tough life. I got to do a cruise around the Mediterranean. I paid for it. You didn't. It's all good. <laughs> Took a land out on the house. No, I can't tell you that. But you know, even on that boat, there was a man on the boat. And he was a very successful man. And in fact, they were so successful, they were living their lives, traveling the world. He resides in Australia, but made so much money, he just spends his life traveling the world. And on the outside, he seems so successful. But God put him on my heart. And I don't know why, but I felt like an idiot because I I just had to talk to this guy. And um, it's a funny thing how God does stuff because there was residing within me a voice the voice of the helper that wanted me to help someone else. See, that's that's the cool thing about the voice of the helper. It's not just about you. It's not just about him giving you help, but within you is a helper that wants you to help other people with your life. How cool is that? The world needs helpers, friends. This man who's so successful was going through some real struggles, really, really, Really difficult struggles in family and relationship. And I was able to talk to him because the voice of the helper gave me the words to say to that man. Hallelujah. You have the Holy Spirit residing within you. You have the helper. You're not helpless. The world is helpless. You know why? Because they don't have him, but we can help them because he's in us. I mean, how good is that? The helper resides within us. The word 
for helper is the word parakletos. It's a Greek word that's to describe uh, the helper, parakletos. Parakletos actually in the Greek gives a uh, sense, and it was used historically in the Greek language, in the Greek, you know, um, back then uh, community, to describe someone who would stand up in a court on your behalf and advocate for you. So think about this. You have the parakletos, the Holy Spirit, which is described in that particular aspect as the helper, who is an advocate who stands up on your behalf. It doesn't matter whatever the injustice is. It doesn't matter when the world mistreats you because you're going to get mistreated, my friend. But you know what? Residing within you is the paracletus or the advocate who will stand up on your behalf when you can't. And he will help bring justice to your life. And he will help you through whatever situation you are going through. In fact... That's why we are considered to be justified because the advocate stands up on our behalf before God. An advocate. Ever been through trouble when people have betrayed you? Nobody here. You haven't lived life. What's wrong with you? Have you ever had anybody betray you in a relationship? Can I have a wave? Some of you have lived life. Some of you haven't. Never mind. You know what I have found in my life, even when injustice has come my way, that the helper or the advocate, the parakletos, has stood up on my behalf. And in fact, he's helped me negotiate through those kinds of things with my life and given me the answers. Why? Because Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to give you a helper. Is this all right? Remember, I'm jet lagged. I'm doing my best. Parakletos, dwelling within, not out. You don't need to go to a mountain to find God. You don't need to travel to the other side of the world to find God. You don't need to be searching throughout the world to try and find him. My friend, he dwells inside. And he only wants to speak to you. I find myself often these days talking to him. I have a cry in my heart that has been like going on in a new way that I would be in commune with him more than I ever have been. That I'm tr- I talk to him. I talk to him inside my mind and I, 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 I communicate with him and I hear him talk back to me. Do you talk to the Holy Spirit? Best not to do it out loud because people will think you're kooky. <laughs> but you know, Talking to him, hearing him, listening for him. Jesus said this, I love this bit, in verse 18. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Jesus comes to us or dwells within us via the Holy Spirit. But note the word he said, I do not leave you as orphans. Orphans. What's an orphan? Someone give me a definition. An orphan is someone who has no parents. 
And often as someone who feels and lives life alone because there is nobody really out there for them, uh, they are parentless, or in fact that word there often in the original language means to be fatherless. And there are Christians, sadly, who are living life like they are orphans and they don't understand that they are not fatherless, but in fact, that the Holy Spirit, who was sent by Jesus, because Jesus did not want us to feel like we were orphans or we were all alone in the world, but that in fact, we we are not orphans, but we have a father. One of the big things that we deal with in Africa are orphans. In fact, I got a message last night from John our, our guy in Fort Poro, and some people have left some children on his doorstep and abandoned their children, and they are now orphans, and they have no food, and they are fatherless because their family has turned their back on them. And sometimes when I'm talking with believers, I feel that they feel that they are alone and they are like orphans because they don't understand that Jesus never wanted to leave us as orphans, but help us to understand that we have a Father in heaven. Hallelujah. Fatherless people struggle through life. Fatherless people have no one to defend them. Fatherless people, I'm a dad, right? I have adult children. And even though they are adults, I still am their father. And I still care and love for my children. And I still feel for my children because I am a father. Right? Friends, understand you are not an orphan and you are not alone by yourself. You might even be in a relationship where you feel alone. You might even be in amongst the crowd, but you feel alone. But you are never alone because Jesus said, I don't leave you as... Take a breath. (laughs) An orphan. How cool is that? Have you ever felt alone? I have. I feel like there's nobody else around my life. I mean, you're not fatherless. You have a father. Because the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, my father and myself will come and make our home in you. And that's through the Holy Spirit. And because Jesus hasn't abandoned us. What did he say? He said, behold, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He said, I will even be with you to the ends of the age. But it's through him dwelling in us via the Holy Spirit. We've got to stop trying to find God outside and realize that we can reach for him inside. You know, um, we have people that come to us for help. Fair enough. It's good. That's what we're meant to do. We're pastors. But you know what, Pickers are my main job is, and we, we say it a hundred thousand times. Our job is not to be your answer. Our job is to point you to the answer. And the answer actually dwells within you. And you are not alone. You're not an orphan. People who are orphans, Christians are not orphans. Stop believing a lie. Psalm 46 verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength 
and an ever-present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Think about this. God is our refuge and our strength and our ever-present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Ever-present. What does it mean to be ever-present? God is ever-present to help in your time of need. God doesn't say, you know what? You've got yourself into the worst mess ever and it's your own fault. I'm going to leave you to it. Suck it up. It's your own fault. God does not abandon you because you stuff up. God does not abandon you when others abandon you. God does not turn his back on us when others turn their back on us. And if you are a Christian long enough, you will go through times where you will be abandoned by some people because that's part of the deal of serving Jesus. But he is our ever-present help. He never goes away. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He is ever present with you. Get a breath. I need to have some mother. I don't drink this stuff. But someone left it in the fridge for me because I were led by the Spirit, I'm sure. And it gives me a little bit of energy at the moment. Why mother? No, joking. Shouldn't drink that crap. You are not an orphan. You are not helpless. You have a helper. You have a father. And he is the best dad you could ever have. In John 6, 63, Jesus again trying to talk to his people to get them to understand. Remember, Judas didn't get it. And are you getting it? Are you understanding the significance of the Spirit of God living inside of you? Are you getting it that He never leaves you? Are you getting it that you have help no matter what your struggle? Are you getting it? Will you lose it tomorrow when life does whatever it's going to do? <clears throat> John six sixty three says, The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of spirit and life. So Jesus, when he was speaking, was trying to get them to understand what his words that were coming out of his mouth were. They were spirit. They went from the flesh. They went from the natural. They were from the spirit of God. And that they contained within them life. And that word life is the Greek word zoe, which means a lifetime of God's presence dwelling within you. The word spirit actually means the breath of God. So think about it. When Jesus spoke, there were the breath of God was coming out of his mouth because he was in fact God, and those words as they proceeded out of his mouth were full of life, not death, full of life from heaven, full of healing, full of hope, full of forgiveness, full of love. 
Because those were the words that contained the very breath of God that when God spoke and created the heavens and the earth that made from nothing everything that we see because they had life in them because they proceeded from God and they were the breath of God, right? The words. And here's the thing, that that breath or those words dwell in you. When you are hearing the Holy Spirit speaking, there is life in the words that he communicates to you. Does that make sense? So, think about it. He lives in you. He's speaking on behalf of the Father and Jesus. He's speaking those words that he contains that, that, that go on inside us when the Holy Spirit dwells on us are just expelling out of them, pouring out of them life. That's why he's a helper. That's why when you're in struggle, that's why when you're feeling like you're helpless, that as you listen to the Holy Spirit, that there is life coming out of those words and they are filling you with power to help you through whatever you're going through. That's why when you're feeling alone and he speaks within you, that there is life being activated. Because you know why? Because we listen to another voice that brings death. Some of you are listening to a voice that condemns you. Some of you are listening to a voice that is causing you to do things you wish you never did. But my friends, there is a voice within you if you will learn to listen to it, which is the voice of life that has power that proceeds out of it, that has creative power that within you, no longer will you feel the death or the pain or the loneliness that, my friend, rather than that, you will feel life and how it is meant to be. Am I getting over, over the top here? See, God never designed you to live a life where you are in pain all the time and, 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 and broken because of your past. Am I freaking you two out? I need to work harder at it. Man, I've been doing this thing for so long and I have been stupid enough to listen to the wrong voice at times that brings death to me, that brings pain to me and makes me feel less than what I am. But I have found that transformation takes place in my life where I feel no longer empty but full because I listen to the voice of life that resides within me. That brings life and hope. How cool is that? Taylor, stop listening to the wrong one. In fact, all of you, look, I'm putting all my fingers at all of you. <laughs> and my toes. <laughs> stop listening to the wrong one. Because residing within you is a voice of life. I mean, Am I overexcited? That, that's powerful. And if you listen to that voice of the helper that's full of power and life, you get to pass it on to others. You get to give it to a world that so desperately needs a help. You become a helper. I mean, what a win. We're dumb if we don't. Hallelujah. And that was the introduction. So. I reckon that's enough. <clears throat> Can we close our eyes? Holy Spirit.
parakletos, helper, numa, breath of God. We are thankful that because we know Jesus says, our Lord, that you reside within us. That you are wanting to talk to us and speak your words of life to us, no matter what is going on around us. That Holy Spirit, you are the one that can transform and change us from within. Give us a new yearning. Give us a new passion, a new desire to be those who are led by the Spirit of God. I pray this morning for each and every hearer that there would be a stirring within, a speak it in Jesus' name, that there would be a new activation of listening to the voice of you, Holy Spirit. If you don't know him this morning, if you have never given your life to Jesus Christ, it is a simple change that you must take. You have to make a decision that you will no longer live life your way, where you are the boss of your life, where you are the Lord of your life. You have to make a decision where you acknowledge that Jesus holds the answers for your life. And this morning... Uh, I want to encourage you, do not be afraid. Do not run away from him, but rather make a decision in your life to call out to him simply by praying a prayer, but with a decision behind that prayer that is wanting him to become Lord of your life. We together are going to pray a prayer, and I encourage you to follow that prayer with me. Lord Jesus, Today I remind myself that you are my Lord. And today if I choose to make you my Lord. Forgive me for following the wrong voice. Give me the strength to listen to your voice. Wash me clean from my past. And come and dwell within me. Be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.